0: Welcome to Massive Late Fee And now your hosts Mark and Carol Well, hello everyone Welcome back to Massive Late Fee My name is Mark, with me as always Is my lovely Girlfriend, Carol How are you doing today, Carol?
1: Hey, what's up? Yeah, freak
0: The last, when we did the Nine oh two and oh show I went as fast as possible. This one I slowed it down. Yeah. Increasing the time under tension.
1: But but why is my
0: question? Because it helps our growth.
1: Oh, okay. Maybe uh yeah, just be you and stop being weird.
0: Aw, I don't want to be me. <laughs> but I love you. Oh, that's so nice. It's June uh eighth. 1996 and we're coming at you with some news and some Well, we didn't watch the show but all the shows are reruns they're rerunning
1: i just now realized that we haven't watched a single television show all week
0: how is that possible (laughs) we've been busy well okay so two things two reasons why we haven't watched a tv show all week and i i i just full disclosure I did watch a couple of TV shows this week. I cheated and watched.
1: How dare you watch television without me? But
0: there were all reruns. I all watched right. an episode of Seinfeld that was a rerun, and I think I don't remember. But we we've been we've been busy. We've been out and about. We've been. It's the summer is here. It's hitting it hard, and Carol and I are doing hikes. We're we're riding on bikes, and we got to the lake. You know, we got we got out to the lake this weekend yeah wasn't that fun?
1: that was fun i love I love swimming and I love sunshine. I don't love seaweed
0: no, but the is it is it seaweed when yes. it's when it's in a lake yes all right well whatever but anyway we we've had this argument before you know I know we have the biggest the biggest thing to me about going to the lake the there we we know people that have a cabin by a lake whatever you know I mean it's not like we're a big deal or anything <laughs> But the uh, the biggest thing is the the motorboat, the motorboat on the lake, and doing. Uh, I like doing the water skiing. I know you're a little more partial to the tubing. I believe, right?
1: I'm not partial to any fucking water sports. Okay, you don't, you don't like. I th- almost drown tubing.
0: Yeah, I know. I know you did. I don't like it. But I rescued you. I pulled you out. I no, didn't. <laughs> What are you talking about? No, I didn't. Beca- <laughs> Did you hallucinate that I was somebody else?
1: What happened is I was being dragged behind the boat. Mm. And I didn't know what to do, so I just held on and all the water was coming in my face and I just kept holding on even though I was being <laughs> drowned.
0: It was all coming in your face, huh? It was <laughs> But you just held on. I did. I was holding on while I was dying. But I, we, we got you out. Eventually.
1: But yeah. you didn't save me. Stopping the I boat po- saved me. And who stopped the boat? Uh, My stepdad who was driving the boat.
0: Yeah, okay, whatever. But I, but I got you out.
1: Anyways, I don't like I, who's sledding, Who- and I don't like tubing, and I don't like skiing,
0: water or snow. Tubing is fun. I, we had a, I think we had a good t- t- despite your near-death experience. I think we had a good
1: time on the lake. Now, when you say tubing, do you mean like tubing down the river in a tube, like all leisurely? No, not... Or do you mean tubing behind a boat like behind that? Behind the
0: boat, like you almost died to Because it.
1: I do like tubing down the river. I know, you like the with lazy... drinks.
0: lazy river.
1: Yes. That that makes me happy.
0: Anyway, I'm just saying I pulled you out of the water. I want it was umbrellas. my hand. <laughs> you, you don't want to talk about the same one. do you? <laughs> I want a drink with
1: an umbrella in it.
0: Okay, I'll get you a drink with an umbrella in it. How about that? Cool. I do. I like water skiing, though. I like water skiing like tubing. It's fun. Good for you. It's fun if it's not coming in your face. Not <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> speaking of... I wouldn't know what that's like. Speaking of, oh, oh, really? Well, yeah, I guess that's true. What? Okay. I'm not going to explain it. Uh, anyway, so speaking of coming in your face, uh, casinos, possibly, uh, they're, they're, they're making, it seems like every year, every summer, there's the debate again, are we going to allow casinos? And then there's some new ballot in November, some new initiative in November. Are the voters going to approve casinos or not? It says, so this article says, casinos, look at other cities to see what a, what bad bets they are
1: okay
0: yeah because Las Vegas is struggling right oh. they
1: they're just down in the dumps
0: out there yeah, in the you know desert. What their, you know what their property taxes are like a hundred dollars for the year <laughs> Michigan voters may decide in November whether to authorize an expansion of casino gambling in the state they say expansion because of course we do have some casinos in the state they're just Indian because right. they're on Indian reservations. Uh, A group of free-spending gambling interests in Detroit claim to have compiled enough valid petition signatures to place a proposal on the fall statewide ballot for the creation of three casinos in the city. The group calls itself Michigan First, but its self-interest seems far more limited.
1: So, but doesn't the state get
0: the money? Well... I mean not all of it. No, the whoever owns the casino gets the money.
1: But I mean like the taxes and I mean yes. they've got to. the state has to benefit, I'm sure. Oh, well, The
0: state benefits huge. So the state and I think we should approve casinos. I'll t- I'll give you a few reasons why, but the state okay. the state definitely benefits because property taxes, the casino is going to pay business property taxes in Detroit, which is or where they're talking about putting them in Detroit. So that would be huge, because that's a lot of property tax coming in to the city, which the city can then reinvest in whatever it wants to, cops or, or schools or whatever they choose to reinvest in it. Uh, they will also pay income taxes to the state of Michigan and to the city of Detroit. Uh, whoever, whoever is making you know uh, money off the casino, they're going to pay income tax on that. Third thing is they're going to create jobs, like tons right. of new jobs.
1: That's a very good point.
0: So, yeah, I think it would be beneficial. I mean, I know that some people have problems with gambling and everything, but I think it would be beneficial. uh, Given the shenanigans that have accompanied other paid political signature-gathering efforts in the southeast Michigan this year, state election officials will want to scrutinize the casino petitions. I want to know who's behind this, though because they're talking about like hey is Detroit is is Detroit a good place for casinos Well, look to New Orleans. New Orleans sucks, they say.
1: <laughs> but I like
0: I think New Orleans is fine.
1: Does New Orleans have casinos?
0: New Orleans got New Orleans has a uh a Harrah's uh I think it's called Harrah's New Orleans or something like that or Harrah's Louisiana. But Harrah's Entertainment one of the big casino things. They opened like an 823 million dollar uh facility down there. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's just another reason why we should go to uh, New Orleans,
0: right? Uh, let's see. But I'm trying to see who, so like religious conservatives don't like this. There, the, the moral objections, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, it doesn't say. It doesn't say who's behind it. It just says. It's a group that calls itself Michigan's First and their their proposal is three casinos. So I don't know who's behind that.
1: Here's my thing though, okay? People who don't want the casinos here because oh, you know, it's going to corrupt the citizens and cause problems that way. Yeah. Um, all we have to do is go over the bridge or th- in the tunnel and we're in Canada right.
0: just where just there's go a casino. Over the bridge or in the tunnel. Through the tunnel. Fuck
1: off. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You just can't let one slide.
0: No. Never.
1: But I'm just saying, like, Detroit is right there next to... Windsor. Thank you. So... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can,
0: next to that place. You can, Casino town, I call it.
1: <laughs> you can see the casino across the Detroit River. Yeah. So what does it matter? Right now... All the people who will be gambling in the Detroit casinos are just going over to Windsor and spending their money there.
0: Yeah, and they're, so and they're stopping at local Canadian rub and tug places, right? <laughs> so let them do it here and go into the uh, to the the strip clubs over there. Get the money here where it's bottoms on. Bottoms on. Well, yeah,
1: I don't want bottoms off. I think that's gross.
0: I'm just saying that they're they serve alcohol, so the rule is. Here's this is funny to me. This is the rule. Bottoms on, tops off only. Uh you can serve alcohol 18 and over. Uh. Uh-huh. Fully nude casino or fully not casino, fully nude fully <laughs> nude casino. It's, that would
1: be something. It's fully
0: nude <laughs> casino gambling. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's uh that redefines the word slots. Just
1: picturing the cocktail waitresses walking around with just a little apron. There you go. That wouldn't be bad.
0: So anyway, (laughs) uh, fully nude strip clubs cannot serve alcohol or can serve alcohol. No, I don't think they can, but you have to be 21. Or no, it's the other way around. Fully nude cannot serve alcohol. No, it's the other way around. Fully nude can't serve alcohol 18 and over. Bottoms on, they can serve alcohol 21 and up. That's Hmm. what it is.
1: I don't understand the thought process here because how is the little strip of material covering the girl supposed to make a difference as to whether, you know, like, is that supposed to protect her from
0: being raped? Because guys will get too rowdy. If they see the vagina, guys will get too rowdy.
1: (laughs) I mean, who can It's just like penises are ugly. Vaginas are ugly. Okay. The, The boobs are what's pretty
0: yeah I mean, I agree. So
1: butts like too
0: though can be
1: i I just don't see the point in worrying about it one way or another. If you're gonna do bottoms off, let them drink. Just <laughs> in my opinion, don't don't do bottoms off because there's nothing to see.
0: Let them drink with bottoms off. <laughs> let their bottoms drink. <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: Oh God, have you heard about that? Let their bottoms drink. Have you heard about that? Heard about what? People drinking in their butts.
0: What? What are you talking about? Like Is this some sort of underground thing?
1: You know how like you can do a beer bong? Sure, yeah. I heard that at some sororities or fraternities, I mean, because okay. it's dudes, not girls, girls would not do something this stupid.
0: Okay. Sure.
1: They put the beer bong up their butt.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. Is that supposed to get you drunk or faster? I
1: think so. I don't know. I would not do that. Wow. That sounds really dangerous. No, that does not sound good at all. <laughs> oh, What's can you ne- imagine what it would feel like the next day? What's... Oh, God.
0: <laughs> I feel like you've been in prison. Right? What's next? A reverse piss? Will you do it through your urethra? Oh. Yeah. Gross. Oh my goodness! but speaking of reverse pissing, Chicago is going to what? <laughs> Chicago's quite Chicago's gonna be playing at Pine Knob, everybody. The band Chicago See, wait what do they sing? I can't think they, If you leave me now okay, you take away the biggest part of me Ooh, baby, please don't
1: go. Very nice,
0: yeah, very Peter, nice. Peter Cetera over there, Chicago. I don't know if he's still with the band or not. But they're going to be playing at Pine Nub. I kind of want to go. Well, let's go. I like Chicago. Chicago's one of those things that they started out as the Chicago Transit Authority. <laughs> that was the name of their band. And they, they, they've they spanned the 60s to now 30 years with with a change of lineups and different styles. Started out as like a folky kind of band and then a little more rock and then they got into like easy listening, you know, and stuff like that. And they changed; they've changed singers and all that stuff. Because they sang, like I said, they sang that you know, if you leave me now, whatever, right. And um, what's that other one? Um, oh yeah, uh, hold me now. Mm-hmm. I really want to tell you I'm sorry. You know that song? Yeah, yeah. But they also sang uh, Saturday. In the park. Oh. I wish it was. A fo- it's like, isn't it weird to think about? Yeah. They sang that song that was like probably, I don't know, 65 or 66. Right. Different singer. That's obviously not Peter Stara. Different singer. And then in the 80s, they also have hits too. They're doing soundtracks to Karate Kid and all that stuff. You know, it's it's weird to me. I don't know.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I would I would have to listen to like. Their first album and their newest album. And- they're
0: one of those bands that have lots of hits over several different decades, sixties, seventies, eighties. Even I think they might have even had a hit in the early nineties, right? Where they're on the charts in in each of these decades, right? But you don't know that's their song. Right. Like like I you know, that Saturday in the park. You know you don't think about who sang that song. No. But it's Chicago. It's <laughs> weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they have a bunch of those where it's like, oh, yeah, that's Chicago. Because they they sound different all the time. That's why. That's
1: kind of cool. Yeah.
0: But you know what else is kind of cool? What? (laughs) The movie we saw this week, Carol, didn't you think it was kind of cool? Yeah, it was okay. All right. What did you think about Jerry Bruckheimer's uh, Presents Michael Bay's? (laughs) Michael Bay, uh, director... I'll get to him in a minute, but the movie is The Rock. Yes. What did you think of The Rock?
1: I mean, it was a solid action movie. It- solid. <laughs> yes. It was. It was fine. Like it wasn't anything super special. Okay. It wasn't terrible. It was only okay. I liked it better than Double O Seven or whatever that fuck that was most- Mission Impossible. <laughs> it was. <laughs> It was mission impossible. <laughs> I liked it better than that.
0: Wow. Um 007 whatever that shit is. But I
1: mean it was still an action movie. It was it, was, it had some pretty tense scenes. I think I cared more about the plot in this one, so
0: yeah, it was good. What do you think? Um so I have a lot of problems with this movie. Okay. In general, I think like you think it was pretty good. Fairly tense. I liked the plot. I thought the writing was pretty solid. But there's a lot of problems I have, and a lot of the problems I have stem from the direction of this movie, which is why I mentioned Michael Bay at the top. Mike Bay. Mm -hmm. You may remember last year we did a movie called Bad Boys. Yes. Couple of bad
1: boys. That was also a action movie.
0: And Michael Bay directed that. Okay. That was his directorial debut as far as feature films. This is his first, or this is his second one. He has, uh, he started out, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but do you remember uh, a few years ago, there was that got milk commercial where the guys eating the peanut butter sandwich and he's got all these... Like, Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr, Duel stuff. Like, he, like his, his his whole house is like a museum to it. There's newspaper clippings and stuff like that. And there's, like, a little trophy thing. It's like the bullets or something like that. What the fuck? And he's listening to a radio show. And he's eating this peanut butter sandwich. And his mouth's getting all sticky. And it's like, yes, uh, uh, the next caller will win the grand prize. You know, and, like, he calls up. And he's got the, you know, he's looking for his milk. He doesn't have his milk. He's got the peanut butter in his mouth. And I was like, yes, you're the lucky caller. Tell us, who beat uh, or who killed Alexander Hamilton in that famous duel? And he goes, Oren Bowe. And they're like, what? And he's like, no, 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 no. And it's like, this is his whole life, you know. He's like, oh, he's looking for the milk. The milk carton's empty. And it's like, God, milk.
1: Kind of, yes.
0: Michael Bay directed that.
1: Okay. That's
0: his direction. It's funny. Yeah, well, that's how he got that. That and I believe some, uh, kind of like that other dude that we were talking about, Spike Jones, uh, some music videos, I believe, too, mm-hmm. he directed. And then he did a couple of bad boys uh, last year, and now it's, welcome to the rock, <laughs> as uh, Sean Connery says. Don't I do a good Sean Connery when you- he says when he says, welcome to the rock?
1: You do, dear. You do.
0: Nicolas Cage why are you acting so weird ah uh, that's another thing i'll talk about in a minute but anyway
1: wait, wait, wait. okay wait what this is like the most normal i've ever seen nick cage act
0: oh really you think so <laughs> you don't there was a couple there was a couple like moonstruck he was pretty good in i think I didn't there was see a couple that. there were a couple things where he for the most part i think he was pretty good in this movie but there were a couple scenes where he's like, I mean, I don't want to do that you know, or, or, or whatever. Like, he kind of went a little over the top, okay. in my opinion, where it's like, I'm like, whoa, aren't you a scientist? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Are you sure
1: he's not, you know, an alcoholic? On a, he's something. On a binge
0: or <laughs> he's a guy that he's a guy that play that pays a lot of money for Beatles albums. Yeah, he's a weird person And has them sent to his place of work so that his girlfriend, Vanessa, whatever her name is, I can't remember her name, doesn't uh, see them because she gets mad when he spends $400 on a Beatles album from 1963.
1: I feel you, Vanessa. I would be mad about that, too.
0: Anyway, so the direction. That's the biggest problem I have with this movie. So early on, there's a chase scene. Where Sean Connery's trying to get away, and Mm -hmm. he gets into a Humvee, and Nicolas Cage gets into a Ferrari. Yeah. Because he's a stunt driver, as is all scientists. All all chemical weapons dudes are, are trained to just drive like stunt drivers. But isn't he an FBI agent? And you think that part of the FBI training is, hey, uh, this is the week that we're going to learn how to drive down Lombard Street at 150 miles
1: an hour. Well, I mean, he talked about how he had combat training. I mean, he has to have been trained how to act. Trained how to drive a car in these in a high speed chase. I would assume any federal bureau of investigation wow. agents. You really
0: want to just stretch that out and go? <laughs> are we are we trying to cover time? <laughs> Couldn't I would, say FBI.
1: I would assume that all of them know how to handle those kinds of situations.
0: All right. Well, I wouldn't, and I don't <laughs> think it's uh, reasonable to assume so. <laughs> But anyway, Sean Connery also, who's been in prison for 20 years, yeah. is also a very good driver. Yeah, that's kind of weird. And he's he's weaving in and out of traffic. They're, they're following each other. And they're going all through the streets of San Francisco. This scene lasts forever. It
1: does. It does go on a long time.
0: The excitement, you can't keep the excitement up to the level that it needs to be. For the length of the scene. It's way too long. Yeah. This should have been edited in half. Too, way too many things happen. It's like... I, at one point, I was just like, I don't care anymore. I'm exhausted.
1: <laughs> well, and, and like you mentioned before, the, the number of explosions is kind of yeah. insane.
0: That's the other thing. Like, does Michael Bay love explosions or something? He must. I wonder if
1: he's a pyromaniac.
0: I don't know. But apparently, every car in San Francisco... Is uh, has C4 uh, strapped to the bottom of it. Right? Because anytime anyone even bumps into a car, it just explodes <laughs> into an enormous ball of flames.
1: You know, I've been in many car accidents, and not one time has my car exploded into a giant ball of flames. Right,
0: yeah. There's rocket fuel. Just <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on. Also, what I think is funny is it's like the A-Team, because other... Other cars are following them too, other FBI agents, who aren't as good of drivers <laughs> as, as chemical uh, weapons expert uh, Nicolas Cage, even though they've also had the same training. And they like, they ramp up on each other or whatever, mm-hmm. where they, the car flips up in the air and does like three flips and crashes down. And I said to you in the theater, I was like, this is one of those things where, because Sean Connery makes a quip. About it? Like, I hope you're unsure. <laughs> right, and that he, was dumb. And then he keeps driving. And I'm like, yeah, he makes that quip, but those guys are clearly dead. <laughs> I'm sure that won't be the case. They'll just get up, like, rubbing their necks, like, oh, you got away. And that's exactly what happens. Exactly. But in real life, they'd clearly be dead. Right. No one goes through a car accident where you're up in the air, Rolling three times, crashing on, on the hood, and everyone's just like, oh, yeah, they're fine. Right? And those people are in intensive care going into comas. Their, their loved ones are grabbing their hands oh as, my they, God. as they have to unplug the, the machine and watch them flatline.
1: But I don't think they want to take this, um, you know, adventurous action movie to that kind of a dark place.
0: Right. So anyway, that scene lasts way too long. And the other things, and there, there are a few scenes like that. There are a few action scenes that go on way too long. Yeah,
1: it would have been a better movie if it was like an hour and a half.
0: Yeah, if it, if it was edited down a little bit more, it would have been better. Also, for some reason, Michael Bay's like, "Let's use a telephoto lens." <laughs> Nicholas Cage gets out of the car, and he's like low angle up on him. The sky's all blown out behind him, and he's like, "Oh, telephoto lens! Like, what is? I don't understand what that's supposed to." imply it's i don't know but anyway the other thing i didn't like about that scene in particular and most of the action scenes are it's like this dude's cinematographer is on ritalin or something (laughs) because the camera's just bang 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 all over the place now if you want to give the feeling of franticness and anxiety and stuff like that and most everything in the scene is is stationary it's a it's a, like a tense part or a or a you know someone's going crazy or something like that mm-hmm. but most of the things and people in the scene are stationary then moving the camera around rapidly like that is a good technique to use okay but when things are moving at a high, Speed, like the cars, like the people, like everything in these scenes, then when you move the camera all over the place, like he was doing with these rapid cuts and everything, it's overload. Yeah. And it doesn't work as well. Lock the camera down more and let the the action of the scene drive the tension in the scene, as opposed to trying to ramp it up with all these movements. That makes sense. And then there was another part that I thought was really dumb too. Where Ed Harris is talking to Michael Bean uh Aliens 2's own Michael Bean. Or I guess not, not Aliens, it's just called Aliens, but Aliens own Michael Bean uh who's like I can't tell my men to drop down their weapons. He's like he's like uh Give the order. And he's like, I can't give the order. Give the order. I can't give the order. Right. And they just they go back and forth between those two, the two, their two faces, like pushing closer and closer. And it was almost like comedy timing. Yeah.
1: It really was. And I'm
0: like, this is supposed to be tense, right? Because after that, all of Michael Bean and his men are murdered in one of the most like brutal acts of the movie.
1: Yeah, and and the, the main bad guy was really trying to go for a low or maybe even zero body count. Yeah. But these guys
0: he has with him are crazy. Well, yeah, he's got the Candyman's Tony Todd with him. <laughs> Remember the 1992 movie The Candyman? Loved it. But anyway, he's in this. And I, I, like, somehow I like Tony Todd a lot.
1: Somehow he's sexy in that movie, and I don't quite understand how.
0: I think he's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be like, yeah, like dangerous and sexy, like the allure of death or whatever. I don't know. But But
1: there's bees all around him, right? Yeah. And I hate bees. So it was very confusing.
0: (laughs) You were sexually confused by Tony Todd. (laughs) I do like Tony Todd a lot, though. Yeah. And he's good in this movie in the little bit of time that he gets. But yeah, the the guys that are with him are, are assholes. Uh, David Morse also is in this this movie. Makes the the stupidest decision anyone's ever made in a movie. In this movie, <laughs> David Morse is 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 Ed Harris's right hand man, the major, and he was Doctor Morrison on Saint Elsewhere.
1: Okay, of course, Saint Elsewhere. Bum, bum, Everything bum, bum, comes back to Saint bum, bum, Fucking bum, bum, Elsewhere. Bum. <laughs> If if I let you do an episode of St. Elsewhere on the show, will you stop?
0: Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> never mind. But we still might do an episode of no, St. We Elsewhere won't. when never, you never know. No. Nope. I'm killing you. No, sir. Uh, anyway, so he's in this movie too. And Towards the climax of the movie, I understand that we're not really going through the plot of the movie necessarily. If you've seen the movie, we're going to ruin if we're going to ruin things. So I guess it doesn't matter to you. But if you haven't seen the movie, see the movie then listen to this. Right. But anyway, the two guys that they and he they make special special like time to say, oh these guys are new to us and. (laughs) Tony Todd and his dudes. Mm. They're like, yeah, we haven't really worked with them before. We just brought them on and they want all their money, you know. And so they're going to shoot at Harris, basically. They're like, yeah, it's, you know, we're going to kill you because you're fucking things up. You're not going to murder the population of San Francisco yeah, like the for whole, money.
1: The whole thing is they've got these these bombs, these like warheads. Rockets. Rockets. Okay. That are filled with this chemical
0: VX nerve gas,
1: and they're gonna send it into San Francisco, and and that will like just destroy San Francisco.
0: Do you want a, You want a little bit of a deep dive on VX nerve gas? Sure. I went to the library and read about VX nerve gas.
1: Take me on your on your journey.
0: Yeah. So VX nerve gas works because it's an A C H E inhibitor. I don't. I'm not gonna try to pronounce. The enzymes, okay, the, the enzyme that that A C H E is is short for. But basically, what you need to know is your neurons in your body, your the the you know part of your nervous system that stimulates your muscle. It it, it releases a chemical called A C H. That's what it's that's its abbreviation, and A C H makes your muscles contract. So when your body, your brain's telling your muscle to contract, that's ACH being released. Now, your body doesn't, in order to avoid your muscles constantly being in a state of contraction, your body then also releases a chemical called ACHE, which releases contraction. VX nerve gas is an ACHE inhibitor meaning it doesn't allow your body to produce AChE. Ah. So if you inhale it, ingest it in any way, your body then gets in a your muscles get in a state of constant contraction. That where your awful. your muscles are constantly contracted to the point of failure basically. What they call flaccid paralysis where all the muscles in your your body basically just quit at, at once. So like we can't hold this contraction anymore and they're done. So you're violently contracted. And then death usually occurs from asphyxiation because your diaphragm goes flaccidly paralyzed and you can't bring air in anymore and you just die of asphyxiation. <sighs> that's so, <laughs> so awful. Like So that's what they're ah. going to do to the people of San Francisco. Including Nicolas Cage's pregnant girlfriend, who proposes to him right before this mission. She she comes
1: home, tells him she's pregnant, and then immediately proposes to him. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even react favorably to the news that she was pregnant. He's like, so,
0: oh, are you kidding? <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so, like, why she would think this is a great time to ask him to marry me, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't... Th- <sighs> I don't get a lot of... There wasn't a lot of feeling to me no. between those two, right? Not at all. I mean, they, they were acting across from each other. But it's like <laughs> Or oh, on top of each other. Right. But Nicolas Cage and Elizabeth Shue in Leaving Las Vegas, I felt their relationship. Yeah. Even early on. But this was is more like, oh, and he's got a girlfriend. Right. And Sean Connery's got a daughter. It's Claire Frelani from Mallrats.
1: Yeah, these women are simply inserted to give the illusion that they have some kind of high stakes because right. they're in San Francisco.
0: Right. It can't just be their own lives and the lives or, of the people of San Francisco, or the lives of the four million people that live in San right. Francisco, or whatever. It's got to be. Yeah, they have to have more personal stakes in the matter. They have to also save their women. It's so stupid. But yeah, so that that's that that happens and. I don't feel a lot for it. No. Sean Connery's really good in this. I liked him in this. I thought yeah. his acting's very good.
1: And somehow he is still an, a, an attractive man, even at what, like 65? I don't know how yeah, old is he. something
0: like that. 65, something like that. But he he says at one point, because he was talking about like having to fight off guys in the shower trying to rape him, and he's like, that doesn't happen as much anymore, and he's like, maybe I'm losing my sex appeal. That was so funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> some really good lines here. Uh here this character reminds me a lot of James Bond. Yeah. For some reason. They I, they make some allusions to it. He's a Brit he's supposed to be a British spy. Mhm. They mention that right off the top. He's been in prison since like 76 I guess. And the last James Bond movie with Sean Connery came out in 71. Okay. You you only live twice I think or something like that. And or diamonds are forever. One of I don't know, but um, anyway, so he says at one point uh, in this movie, Nicholas Cage introduces himself as whatever, and he's like, "But of course you are," <laughs> and that's what he says to Plenty O'Toole okay. in that movie. She's like, "My name's Plenty O'Toole," and he's like, "Of course you are." whatever. Um. And, yes. Wasn't
1: Plenty O'Toole in the 007 movie we watched, like, m- many months ago?
0: No, no. Goldeneye? Yeah, that's it. That was... I can't remember. It was something dumb, but I don't <laughs> but I don't remember what it was. Okay. Uh, on a top. That's what it was. On a, on a Top? Yes. On a top, I believe, is, oh. is what it, her name was. Okay. She was the one that killed the dudes with her thighs. Yeah. She was like, "I'm gonna have sex with you, but then I'm gonna crush your insides with my thighs." Black Widow. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of references to James Bond in this this movie. Well,
1: and they say like officially he he just doesn't exist. Yeah,
0: but I mean it's not it's not James Bond because his name's John something, but John Connor, John Major. Okay, so he's the
1: Terminator also.
0: From Connor from the future. Perfect. But anyway, so, yeah, I. I, The plot of this movie is a little, a little nuts, I guess, a little out there. Yeah. Ed Harris wants to. He's like you said, he's bluffing, basically. He doesn't he doesn't actually want to hurt anybody, uh, but he wants to threaten to hurt everybody. And he wants the United States to give him a hundred million dollars so that he can give a million dollars to each of the fa- families of all the guys he lost in secret covert operations that the United States doesn't acknowledge.
1: That's, yeah, I mean, that's a noble, I guess, you know,
0: motivation. Well, but... and he says that, that they haven't paid attention to him. Like, he's been trying to legally raise this issue for mm-hmm. years, apparently. At the very beginning, we find he's talking to the grave of his wife, Barbara Hummel, uh, heir to the Hummel fortune. <laughs> You ever heard of Hummels? Yeah. I just think it's funny that his name is Hummel. Yeah. It's like your family made those little figurines. Right. And now you're gonna destroy San Francisco. <laughs> but yeah, for some reason Tony Todd and, and the other dude have a have a murder boner for all of San Francisco.
1: Yeah, well they're more like mercenaries, I think, and they just want money and death.
0: That's one of the that's one of the lines that I think is terrible. Mm-hmm. And where where Nicholas Cage acting is not good why he's tony todd's like threatening him and everything and they're it's like one of the climactic scenes and he's got the nicholas cage has all the vx nerve gas he's like you know how this stuff works and tony todd holds up a knife he's like you know how this works and <laughs> It's like yeah it's a knife yes he knows how a knife works what an idiot <laughs> right but then he's like hey do you like do you like the, the song rocket man and he's like no i don't like that pussy shit or whatever or fag shit or something Uh, he makes a i believe
1: pussy was the correct he makes a
0: reference to elton john and (laughs) nicholas cage goes well i just asked because uh it's it's you you're the rocket man and then he pushes (laughs) the button and the rocket like slams tony todd in the stomach and you know pushes him out to sea and, and all that stuff and kills him. He why well, actually, he gets impaled with fucking rebarb or yeah. something like that. But it's such a... like, And the way the line's delivered, it's so terrible. It is. Like, it's bad. If I was fighting a dude and he's like, well, it's just because it's... it's <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to be standing here anymore. Right. Because you're clearly planning something. I'm going to run at you with my knife. You're very... Yeah. Do you know how this works? <laughs> the fuck? So... There were a few lines like that and a few things like that that I thought were dumb. Like I said, I think this movie would have been better with more traditional action direction. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, like um, John McTiernan or something like that would have uh, done a good job with this. Uh, Maybe even uh, Dr. George Miller or something like that. You know, I think they would have been better uh, directing this kind of a movie. But you know like i said i i had a few few issues with the direction of it but mostly i thought it was a pretty good a pretty good movie pretty well written pretty t- tightly plotted
1: it's it's fine for what it is it's just it's not my cup of tea
0: i'd probably recommend it
1: if you like action movies and you want to you know go sit in the theater and watch explosions on the big screen go for it
0: And if you want to watch Nicolas Cage seamlessly blend into the movie and then in, like, five or six scenes just chew the fuck out of scenery (laughs) and suddenly become a different character, then this is the movie for you. (laughs) Because he does. He goes along and it's like, oh, okay, he's acting, he's acting. What the fuck's going on?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's not the best.
0: But I would probably give this a tacit recommend, recommendation. I, it's a good it's a good popcorn movie. It's a good action movie. Good summer opener. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. I liked it. Anyway, that is the episode for the week, Carol. Week the week, people. weeks Tell the people what to do the weeks, this week.
1: What in the actual
0: fuck? Huh?
1: Um, okay. So I'm go to our website. I'm w- nervous
0: because I'm holding this VX nerve gas and I don't want to drop it. Okay
1: www.retrolatefee.com. Write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. Please do that. Tell your friends.
0: Do that as well.
1: And if you want to watch the same movie we are watching this week, oh, yeah. So you can be prepared so we don't ruin it for you sure, next week. Sure. We're going to watch The Cable Guy.
0: The Cable Guy. Jim Carrey's new comedy.
1: I'm afraid.
0: The Cable Guy. Yeah, we haven't liked much of what Jim Carrey's done. But we're gonna give this a try because Matthew Broderick said it.
1: So we'll and he was see. Ferris Bueller, <laughs>
0: in case you're not aware of that. Okay, bye guys. Bye.